This is KRX 91.7 FM, and we have a special guest. Introduce yourself. Hello, this is Trevor Lee Patchkey, back for uh, another great show. Another great one. Uh, Tell us about what the weather's like outside, Trevor. It is not very good. It's been raining all day. I'm pretty sure it's 100% this entire day. Yucky. Yeah, and I have to go to work later at the Ugh. pool. I'm hoping no one shows up. They, they probably won't, unless they're, like, Olympians. Yeah. Um, here, I'm going to play Stormzy so we can talk over it. Um, what was I going to say? Let's see if this is going. Ogs on. I haven't been, like, behind the chair booth because Hassan's been doing it recently, and so I've lost a lot of my, like, streets. Yeah. yeah. Fire in the park. Just, like, <laughs> Let's go. Look. Can't try to say he's better than me. Tell my man, shut up. Shut up. Mention my name in your tweets. I rude by shut up. Shut up. How can you be better than me? Shut up. Shut We're doing up. a British takeover. We have so many cool topics. I actually, the whole point of that whole, like, finding a topic thing is that I'm not supposed to know what Hassan's are, because I think that's more fun. Um, but I know what Trevor's is, because we were at a coffee shop earlier, and ran into Alexakli. Shouts out, Alexakli. I know she listens to the show. Um, let's get some, yeah, we're just like, let's hang soon. Um... <laughs> On the air. Uh, I think I might put a record on before Hassan gets here. I'm gonna try to figure out how to do it. Okay. In the meantime, listen to Shut Up. I roll squaddy, got about 25 rooms in my posse. They drink Baileys, I drink Rossi. I get murky, they get worried. If you got a GAT, bring it out. Most of the real bad boys in the south. If you wanna do me something, I'm about. I'm not a gangster, I'm just about. When you see my man over there with a pouch, yeah, one of you man try get loud. All of my man, the moves so foul. I might sing, but I ain't sold out. Nowadays, all of my shows. Out. Headline tour, yeah, blood sold out. When we roll in, they roll out. I'm so London, I'm so south. Food in the ends like there ain't no drought. Flips don't talk like he's got no mouth. I wanna make my mum so proud. Like yo, mum, book a flight, go now. All of my ex girls talking me hard. Talk to my face, tell them talk to my palm. Had four bills and I bought in your car. Little wet whip that I bought from my mom. I straight murkers who walk in the park. I take care when I walk on my plants. These MCs wanna talk about Lord of the Mics. You ain't even Lord of the Yard. Dead MCs, blood, leave me alone. Me and your girl, we speak on the phone. Kill a whole crew of MCs on my own Kill a whole crew of MCs for the throne Look, I was out hungry, so I'm hungry Man try to eat, then eat me the bowls Now these days we need to grow Hot chocolate and a panini to go I'm a big man, fuck a close call war Man are upset about the mobile wars Yeah, I was guessing the mobile wars Cause I ain't won a mobile before All of you MCs sound so bitter Shut down wireless, shut down Twitter Shout out DP, shout out Flipper Best my age, blood look If you don't rate me, shame on you If you don't rate me, shame on you Can I order a deathbed for an MC? Wait, he wants beef with me, mate that too. Anyone else wanna make that move? Anyone else wanna pay their dues? Sniff chocolate, in yeah, my face so smooth. Imposters wanna take my tune. Check it, don't even touch too much, you're a talker. The man still go half on a quarter. See me turn from a prince to a pauper. Two cigarettes and a bottle of water. So the bouncers get the bottle in. Man in the kitchen putting in orders. Sniff chocolate, steam trail like water. Smoothing the steam, start knocking up doors. Brown skin girl in a cup. Who's got Rizzler in Okay, that was a really bad quality recording of Shut Up. Um, that, no, no. Yep, that's Trevor on the mic. What's um, new in your life, Trev? Guess caught up. Finals week is upon us. 
Honestly, I have one tomorrow. You're getting way too big for your boots. You're never too big for the boot. I got the big size toes on my feet. We have our finals like the week before everyone else does. Yeah, we do. It's kind of weird, but I like it because it's spread out over these two weeks. Yeah, it's not like... I feel like the math majors... I don't know anything about math majors. But like STEM majors have just like everything all at once. And Yeah, and I like to remind you of that too. Yeah, well, try getting a job, honey. So... We'll see who's laughing after. Mm-hmm. We'll see when you have a job and I don't. <laughs> uh, why can't I see anything in these? Wow. I Shouts out to Hassan. He's been doing such a good job. Except for right now because he's not here. Yeah. Honestly, this is how he feels every time. There's a video suggested on my YouTube that says, dog cries every time he's touched. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even want Which to is that. also me. <laughs> uh Trevor and I's favorite thing is a specific genre of human being that will, when given anything where the addendum, oh my god, that's so meat, could apply to them or not apply to them at all, (laughs) they will decide to, like, jump through every hoop possible to just be like, oh my god, I'm so, I'm totally. That is also me. Tag myself, I'm it. I'm it. It's like, chill. Okay, we're going to play. Um, my Polish sweetheart, Julia, shouts out. I miss you so much. I'm going to see her in the spring. Um, she, she always has the best, she always has the best, like, retweets, but on SoundCloud. And this one's called Antocha MC. It's a Russian dude. Um, so we'll listen to that. Бросай табак, зарубай косяк На ногах стоять Час за нас Не скучай рабочий класс Раз до два Результат от вас и нас Мы соседи Мы в ответе В упор поели Колбасы на той неделе Поварай Папа Моя год за годом, день за днем Прошиваем и достаем В сердце кружит смысл жить трудом Сапожок сапожком Ай два дружным шагом Мы поем во здравие с братом Бросай табак, зарубай косяк, на ногах стоять. Бросай табак, зарубай косяк, на ногах стоять. Час за нас, не скучай рабочий класс, раз до два. Результат от вас и нас, мы соседи, мы в ответе, в упор поели. Колбасы на турнире Ли. 
Раз, два, хлоп, на поток Производственный ток Термосок, молоток Доступно Наш пунктир, здравый ход Ну-ка, левый поворот Мир живет рабочим классом Бросай табак, зарубай косяк На ногах стоять Бросай табак, зарубай косяк На ногах стоять Час за нас Не скучай рабочий класс Раз за два Результат от вас и нас Мы соседи So we're gonna turn that weird Russian music off. Also, how crazy is it that I can still hear <laughs> through my phone? Hassan, it's been chaos without you. Sorry, y'all. Yo, so Hassan doesn't know this, but Trevor also has a fun story prepared for today. Special surprise. What is that? I was wondering, because there was definitely something played this entire time. Oh, 100%. Uh, it was... The volume was... Like Hassan, the for those clean. listeners who are curious, smells so good. Thanks. What is that? Is that a... Burberry? It's actually Abercrombie and Fitch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. that's why I like it so much, because my little adolescent mind is like... Oh, wait. I have a present for you. No way. Uh... On the air, live present from... Oh. <laughs> I didn't use an umbrella today. Well, I mean, I had one, except for I thought, like, oh, it's a short walk over. Uh-huh. Regret. Park outside. I hope they don't tell my ours. There you go. I hope it's not stale. Oh, no. <laughs> could it be? It could. Could it be? It could. No way. It's an it's original Eats cookie. Cookie. Oh when did you go to Dallas? Uh, I, I gave back the truck. You went back already? Mm-hmm. So what car do you have now? Um, Yulia's Hot Lexi. You'll see in a bit. Oh, I've seen, I've seen that one before. Yeah. For all the viewers listening, we need help naming the Lexus. Yeah, we need a name. So uh, comments on the Facebook like post? Lubna, or like something like... Lubna? Yeah, like a Russian... That's name. interesting, like Lubna. Lubna's also like a, an Indian it name. It is, it is. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Sarah's mom's name. Sarah, shout out Sarah Alshla. She doesn't listen to the show, but... Yo, we saw Ali Sackley earlier today. Oh, really? We were at Flight Path, and I was pulling out, and I was like, that's 100% Ali. And Trevor was like, is it? And I waved, and she waved, so. Sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so do you want to go to the Austin Library after this? We actually mm, just no. went a couple of days ago. So? so. Ooh. Is that supposed to mean? I go to the library every day. So, sorry, baby. I really liked it, though. It was, it was really gorgeous, cool. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you should check We it played out. with I the... Well, the parking's five dollars. So. Oh, Scree- parking Whole Foods at Trader Joe's. You, it's such a long walk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was there the other day. And Trader Joe's will only give you thirty minutes of. Oh, if you don't think I've been scheming, well, Trevor and I had this new idea where he just pops $5 out. Popkin, popkin, parking. Well, Trevor, can we tell him on the air? Yeah. We have this Secrets scheme will be of shared. where we hop out and then get press the ticket. button, get a new it's ticket. It's a secret scheme. It's just, gosh. <laughs> oh but last time we tried to do it, they were, like, closing, so we couldn't. Closing time. So it's cold outside. Yep. It's flannel season? 
It is final season. I'm wearing this stupid hoodie. Is this? It's supposed to be inside out. Interesting. Uh, do you want to do this log stuff? Because I don't really know how this works. Yeah, sure. I'll do also, that. for those listeners who don't know, we're now on the Apple iTunes Music Store. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. Jared is such good live, live sound. <laughs> so if you have the Apple iTunes Music app for podcasts, it has to be the podcast app. Oh, there's a separate app for the podcast? Yeah, podcasts have a separate app. Okay. It's purple. I like it the best besides this other app called Casts. <laughs> and Hassan and I are on there, and you can listen to us. And please uh, rate, like, and subscribe. Leave your comments in the comment section below. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hassan, do you want to just go straight into it? What stories do you have to tell us today? I think you should go first. I should go first? Okay. So I gave you all a little sneak peek last week. On my on fleek story, yeek yeek. Sorry, I just was like on a roll, so I wanted to keep going. Um, but basically, I learned about a very interesting American event when I was younger that it just like it grabbed my attention, and I just thought it was so bizarre that such a huge event happened in such a like a large metropolis that no one had like no no one really knows about it so tonight we're going to be talking about even though it's two o'clock so it's not really tonight the great boston molasses flood Mm. son have you heard about this i have not really okay good i that's my favorite part about the show is and i just like teaching each other like in the booth trevor has heard about it because we were just talking about it earlier technology after this yeah yeah Hassan's gonna teach me how to do math i don't really like it but (laughs) (laughs) okay so this great flood happened in the north end neighborhood of boston so it's like an italian area um it's somewhere where there was a large population it's like literally the middle of the city right by i think a wharf and um there was this large storage container that was Later found to be very uh, badly built with materials that were kind of like pieced together last minute. Um, In a lot of ways, this is like a really weird prequel to like the nuclear disasters that happened in like Fukushima or like Chernobyl, but on a much smaller and less important scale. And so that's why I thought it was interesting is because it's kind of like a foreshadowing of, hey, if you don't build infrastructure correctly, there will be real like impacts and death yeah so it was this essentially what happened was this flood happened on january 15th 1919 uh in this north end area and this large molasses storage tank burst and let out floods that were 15 feet high ranging from 35 miles an hour or faster. So can you imagine just like being in downtown Boston and there just being like a 15 foot wave of brown liquid just like fl- like racing at you? Like is that not insane? 15 feet high. 15 feet high. Cuz it was That's insane. Because it was one of the largest um like I'm not really sure what the molasses word for it, but, like, distillery, I guess, of molasses. And so the tank that burst was containing over 2 million tons. No way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. And because it was, like, a humongous tank. Um, No. Yes, way. Um, And something that people found out later, I think the people investigating, was that this fermentation of the molasses kind of built up. And Boston was having really weird weather. (laughs) Like a lot of cities we know. Um, ATX, baby. (laughs) Shouts out to the ATX. So they went from 40 degrees Fahrenheit one day to 
much warmer the next day and so this like really quick rapid change in temperature along with the fact that they had filled to capacity like six times in the last month which if you know anything about molasses storage like I do, um, you know never to fill to capacity multiple times in a month because it puts pressures on the existing infrastructure that's there. Hassan knew that. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so because of this rise in temperature, the failure occurred from a manhole cover at the base of the tank, and there, there was this huge fatigue crack that grew to, like, a criticality is what they called it, which sounds really funny in terms of molasses, but, like, not in terms of that people died. Um, but basically when the flood happened, um, this 50-foot-tall tank exploded with 2,300,000 U.S. gallons um, and it collapsed, and witnesses reported this collapsing. They heard it shake, and they heard a loud roar, um, along with a, a long rumble, similar to the passing of an elevated train. Uh, so they hear this, and there's one person who, who said that they heard a thunderclap-like bang, which Trevor's actually praying for tonight, so he doesn't yeah. have to go to work. If we could just get a real thunderclap bang, thunder. then, thunder, thunder. <laughs> then he'd be out. Um, and a machine gun-like sound, which actually... <laughs> Which actually is good because it previews what Trevor will be talking about today. Um, And I encourage, this is not a call to action, but it honestly kind of is. I encourage all of our listeners to go and search up photos from this molasses flood. Because the the part of the city is, like, devastated. It literally looks like it was something out of, like, a tornado movie or, like, or, I mean, tornadoes happen IRL. So something out of, like, a natural disaster, you know? But the craziest part is once the flood happened, it didn't like just dissipate because when actual floods happen, the water sticks around because sewers fill up, but it eventually dissipates. This hardened and like crystallized. And so the fire departments had to come and start sawing away and like chucking away with axes at this like quickly hardening molasses. Trevor, give me a ch- axe chucking noise. Thank you. Um, Why did they just eat it? They should, they should have gotten, like, make, my 600-pound life contestants. To counteract the molasses, they should have made just millions of pancakes. Yeah, smart. And then just thrown them into the streets. That's real. Eat you, peasants. I hate when I put too much syrup on my pancakes and Me it soaks too. it up. And the 15-foot flood at 35 yeah. miles an hour occurs. And there are about 10 deaths, but... Um, yeah, and so after they couldn't saw it away anymore or chop it up, they drained the bay... So, like, this briny salt water into the streets of Boston to try to wash away the molasses. And it uh, eventually did. But, like, the first responders, I guess, if you can call them that, yeah, I guess you can. Mm-hmm. They reported things saying that it looked as if he was covered in heavy oil skins, ears, eyes, mouth, and noses filled. So, basically, they had to take them to this, like, makeshift relief station built in like Haymarket, about a, a mile from where this happened mm-hmm. and volunteers had to remove molasses from the victims noses and mouths so that they could breathe so imagine like those little sweet birds on like the dove soft soap that they like wash with soap oh my god <laughs> imagine that but with like human beings um the Boston Post reported. I love these like firsthand accounts because it's so interesting how long we've had just like reporting reporting on like important events that like no one will remember. But um, it said the whole hospital reeked of molasses. It was on the floors, on the walls. The nurses were covered with it, even in their hair. 
Which, honestly, that addendum, even in their hair, I don't think is super necessary. Because, like, of course it's going to be in their hair if they're covered with it. Can we talk about why the liberal media fails to report on this? It's a false flag today? operation, I think. What do you think, Hassan? The liberal media. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Um, yeah, and then the, my other favorite quote, also from the Boston Post, said that those already on duty were soon covered from head to foot with brown syrup and blood. How dramatic is that? Wow. And even sadder, uh, let's get some sad music. Give me, Trevor, the Halo loading screen soundtrack. The the horses trapped in molasses had to be shot because they were stuck in this. Um, I want to play Halo now. Yeah, me too. Uh, It took... This is probably my favorite fact of this entire thing. It took 87,000 man hours to clean up, which is so insane. To I can't, I don't, even, I can't even fathom how much that is. Imagine committing a crime and being forced to do community service, and your community service hours were soaking up soaking. horse dead molasses. Yeah. <laughs> molasses with like dead people in it. Yeah, that'd be really sad. Um, yeah, and so basically they just had to clean out the city and then they took it to trial, which I think is interesting because like BP didn't really suffer from the oil spill. Exxon is still around, but Colonel Hugh Ogden, um, it was actually a really interesting Boston municipal civil suit because the the court case took three years and he had listened to 921 witnesses and the transcript was almost 25,000 pages long with uh, 1,584 exhibits from lawyers. And Hassan, you're our legal boy. You can you can say how much. Like, that's insane for, for a civil suit, isn't it? Yeah, usually they typically range in uh, amounts less than that. Yeah. Good. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, and Ogden, the, the judge recommended around th- uh, 300,000. Am I intolerant? Sorry, continue. Wait, wait, what's the rest of that joke? I don't know. I was just wondering. Oh. Well, have you been eating lactose? Or drinking? Just big bars of molasses. Were you in any floods recently? Okay, wait, let me finish this. (laughs) Um, So he recommended them to pay out 300,000 in damages equivalent to over 30 million today. um, With 6,000 going to the families and 25,000 going to the city of Boston. Um, And then the last fact that I'll hit you with is... I, I won't, babe. Is, um, there's, like, a common folklore in the locality that for decades afterwards, whenever there was a hot summer day, the area still smelled like molasses. And death. And death. It's like when you spill yogurt or something. Yeah. Ugh, yogurt hate. doesn't go away. Imagine hey. being a ghost covered in molasses. Okay. Do you think when you die, you die in your current situation? Because that would suck. There would be so many lame ghosts, you know? Yeah. Like, there'd be ghosts (laughs) who, like, (laughs) just, like, walking around. Sorry, lame ghosts. Please don't haunt me. But there would be ghosts riding around from, like, ripstick deaths, you know? Well... (laughs) That's a good example, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then they would have to walk around with, like, a ripstick for the rest of eternity. That's true. That's an example of a bad death? <laughs> yes, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor's like, that is my most honorable death. Um, okay, well, thanks for... That was my... my it was kind of short this week. 
yeah, like and subscribe, rate me on iTunes, and mm. yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, How, what do you, what did you think of that, Hassan? Did you know? I did not know that happened. It's so weird to think that like that much. It's like you think of oil spills and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? But molasses is like, and they happen in the water edible, too. Yeah, it's like, it's like so interesting to think what would happen to like surrounding ecosystems mm-hmm. um, from like just pure sh- like sugar. It's insane. We should just pour some sugar into the turtle pond, and then next week we'll tell people how the turtles did. <laughs> <laughs> A science experiment. Breaking down our apartment. Oh <laughs> uh, man, yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Just bags of bags of sugar. Uh, yeah, we are reporting back that all of the turtles, in fact, have diabetes now. So, diabetes. 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, what's your story about today? So we'll I leave two... Trevor for the last one because this is obviously the best. Okay, that is true. I have two short stories. <laughs> okay. Um, and they're both kind of involving like um, covert operations that the United States kind of did. Okay, love it already. All right. So first one is called uh, Devil Eyes. Ooh, Can we get some spooky music? What a music? great name. Wait, I'm Ooh. actually going to be on this, like, spooky music game. Okay, try to see if you can find the Halo music. I, I'm literally searching that right now. <laughs> In the meantime. Oh. I used to give me spooks when I was younger. Yeah, me too. Uh. I hear something. Is it playing? It's the overture. Okay, it should be playing. Let's start. Yeah, it's playing. Okay, great. Okay, so Devil Eyes. So, Devil Eyes was a secret psychological warfare program by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. Wow. That's, a CIA. That's CIA, for those CIA. of you who don't know. Uh, so, this is in 2005 and 2006. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is the... CIA has this program uh, with his toy company, mm-hmm. who kind of like the Hasbro uh, the toys, I believe the same people who make the G.I. Joe toys, mm-hmm. and what they were doing was designing, um, like, basically G.I. Joe 12-inch sort of action figures mm-hmm. that were Osama Bin Laden. What? Yeah. So the CIA does this, and I'm talking about, like, thousands and thousands of them, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, this music's way too uplifting. So they designed them, and the design was basically um, made that, you know, these CIA little, like, G.I. Joe action figures that were Osama Bin Laden, and, like, you know, look like a normal Osama Bin Laden. Wait, what does a they, normal Osama Bin Laden look like in opposed to, like, a non-normal Osama Bin Laden? Like, alive. Whoa. <laughs> um, and basically what happens is, like, so it's painted in a material... It's painted material that when heated would peel off the paint, right? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Like heated like slightly enough. Okay, okay, keep going. Um, basically what happens is that like, um, so yeah, the, the paint peels off, right? Mm-hmm. And what's underneath is this demon-like red skin, uh, green eyes, like black markings. Uh, and the goal is basically to scare their uh, children and parents uh, and try to like get the public to shift against the sound of the body. Wait, by making toys that kids wouldn't like? Yeah, they're Osama Bin and they peel off into, like, That's devil, insane. Called Devil That's Eyes. Insane. And in 2014, the CIA acknowledged the existence of the program, but said it had been discontinued after the uh, executive, Donald Levine, 
uh, from Hasbro, mm -hmm. uh, produced only three proto prototypes. And, but the idea was to like distribute thousands of them throughout South Asia, um, and have it to like you know, especially in Karachi. Um, well, apparently, some people say that the Washington Post, uh, with anonymous source, says that, that there was actually like hundreds of these toys that were shipped to Karachi, and they're just lying and said that they didn't actually send them. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, another story that I had was called the the gay bomb. The gay bomb. Mm-hmm. That's G A Y. Yeah. I heard there was one of those last night in Austin at the uh, Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga concert. concert. Shouts out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. So they're basically they're theoretical non-lethal chemical weapons that the U.S. Air Force researched, mm -hmm. um, and they, they they speculated producing. The theories were basically that they're uh, discharging female sex pheromones over enemy forces Stop. in order to make them sexually attracted to each other. And in 1994, genius. Uh, That's so smart. The Wright Laboratory in Ohio, uh, which was like the predecessor for the U.S. Air Force yeah. Research Laboratory, yeah. uh, like had this three-page proposal on the variety of possible non-lethal chemical weapons, which was uh, later obtain, uh, obtained by the Sunshine Project. Why do they want them to under, be non-lethal if it's for the enemy? Well, they wanted them just to like be gay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, so a good, that's, a, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, and so basically, um, it's kind of like, you know how, I, so the idea was like, you know, behind Axe, you know how they're like, oh, like, this will, like, make girls want you, you Right, know? right, so right, like, right. They're like, they, they release pheromones, I was like, the, I the spotty sprays, which are like aphrodisiacs. Um, so this was the same, like, kind of concept from that. Weird. And, like, they basically use, like, brain imaging techniques and researchers uh, that shown on, like, uh, homosexual and heterosexual males are presented with two odors that may be involved in sexual arousal. Their mm -hmm. brains tend to respond differently. Interesting. And so that homosexual men tend to respond the same way as heterosexual men, though it was not determined like what the cause or effect was. So they're trying to like isolate pheromones that would like be like associated like female uh, sex pheromones that would ultimately like be dropped um, through like you know just like a bomb basically through the air force mm -hmm. that would be able to do that. Um, and so basically, you know, this is a pro this is the idea, and I think that they got leaked. I'm trying to figure out how this story broke. Um, not necessarily sure, but there, there's ideas of these leaks, um, and the idea was that, so, I think the Wright Laboratory in, in 2007 won the IG Nobel, or IG. Uh, Is that spelled W-R-I-G-H? Yeah. T? Okay. Uh, Nobel Peace Prize for instigating research and development on a chemical weapon, the so-called gay bomb, or poof bomb, that will make enemy soldiers poof become bomb. sexually <laughs> like bomb, I really don't irresistible like to each other. So, okay, but also... I'm going to come up with... I'm going to play devil's eye advocate for a sec. <laughs> I feel like it would make them better fighters because the Spartans were, like, the gayest dudes on Earth. They had, like, constant intercourse with one another, and they were such good warriors. Maybe that's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> secret is don't ask, don't tell. Let's make everyone ask and everyone tell? Question mark. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, that's all I have for you guys. That was really good. I didn't know about either of those. Yeah. Wow. That's why. I just that up right now. No, Hassan. <laughs> we have to have honorable reporters. They're real. They're real. You can fact check me. I'm a Google poof bomb. Um, Trevor, I have the best music for your story, by Wait, the way. Wait, can I... Can that be my new DJ name? Poof Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Poof Bomb. Is that offensive? Poof bomb. Um, I think Poof probably is. I don't know. I'm not the I'm not my brother's keeper. <laughs> Ew, why does Spotify have a playlist called Makeout Jams? 
If I was ever with someone and they grabbed their phone and put on makeout jams, I'd be like, please show me the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would the put on to hold my girlfriend's hand in middle school. Yeah. Makeout jams. Check yes, Juliet. Are you with me? Raining, falling down on the fender. you come around. Check yes, Juliet. Is the limbo. I'll be working. Do y'all know what a taper is? Jason? Tape your on your pants, like tapering like your clothes. Uh, no, like the animal. Oh, tapir. Tapir is that yeah, how you say it? I do know what they are. I was the only one in my philosophy class that knew what that animal was. They're weird, but th- yeah, what I, I've heard of them, but they're, they <clears throat> kind of have like a pig nose. It's like a big yeah. old pig. Yeah, it's like. <sighs> Ooh, that was really loud. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Mean, he's a bully. Are you finding music for my? Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay, while Hassan's going to the restroom, we are going to play a really fun song for all of y'all. And it's is gonna it a make-out jam? Be <laughs> it is indeed a make-out jam. Um, I always have the hardest time finding Hassan's playlist that I made. DJ Trill Clinton. DJ Poof Bomb. <laughs> Signing on. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna listen to a classical song. We're gonna do Strauss. This one's also Sprach Zarathustra from 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. 
Okay, we are back on the air with Trevor and Hassan. Trevor Ariza. We're listening to whatever it is. <laughs> I'm joking. It's 91.7 <laughs> KVRX FM. In accordance with federal law and FCC regulations, confines and broadcast adjacent materials have been to be between hours of 10. Eight. No, I'm joking. Yeah, we don't at all. Um, okay, so here's the song I'm going to play for Trevor's. Let's like hear it for a second because I think it's really funny. Okay. <laughs> okay, Trevor, go ahead and tell us about your uh, okay your topic. Let me introduce you to the topic. So, today I'm going to be talking to you about Australia's Great Emu War. Ooh, <laughs> we love some emu I wars. I love all black. Yeah, <laughs> and I would like to precursor this story with a quote from Australia's Minister of Defense, George Pierce. Georgia. Those who didn't live with the emu 
couldn't understand the damage they did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Serious, but it's this also is so funny. Emus like big birds. Yes, for those for the listeners. I like for some reason. No, no, no. For like, the, the like the hammocks. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you all have a hammock. Like what? I heard emus. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Huh? E- e- emu. For the for the listeners, give them a little bit of background. Yeah, listeners who don't know, uh, emus are large, flightless birds that resemble ostriches in many ways. Except. <laughs> Except they're, they're way more dangerous. <laughs> Except they can also attack. Damn. <laughs> Holy wow. Okay, so I'm going to get right into this. Okay, okay. To give some background, um, this was following World War One, around 1929, so like right at the onset of the Great Depression. <laughs> In Australia, a lot of the uh, military went back to Australia and began their lives as far- farmers. And so they were kind of new to this whole farming thing after the war. And... <laughs> The government asked them to, like, increase their wheat crop production. What kind of crop, Trevor? Wheat. Okay. Wheat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they promised, like, subsidies for doing so and just, like, producing more for the country. And um, it was in 1929 when, for those of you who don't know, which might be a few, um, emus farther into their mating season they migrate back towards the center of australia rather than the outsides like outskirts uh coastal areas i'm imagining one of our listeners listening and being like oh i already knew that yeah, who, <laughs> who did not know that open a book so the difficulties for these farmers started when around twenty thousand emus arrived to the farmlands <laughs> so the emus, <laughs> the, sorry, this wheat crop largely drew the emus to the farming lands, and so they <laughs> chose that as like their nesting place or source of food, even. <laughs> and so they would destroy fences, entire like crops, uh, lands of crops, and the farmers just couldn't keep up. And so finally, the government had to intervene, sparking. <laughs> the Great Emu War of the Australia. The Great Emu War! And let it be known, I refuse to pass the legislation that allows for more Emus. So the war was conducted under the command of Major G.P.W. Meredith. Who's of actually the, related to Michael Jan Vincent. <laughs> That's true. Of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery. It's a heavy battery. What's a heavy battery? It's like um, a D battery. Yeah, D battery. They're oh. kind of expensive yeah. at H-E-B. Those are the big square ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I always run on Xbox batteries. Okay. Sorry, Jeremy. Keep going. So they, <laughs> so they armed the... Uh, artillery with Lewis guns and about 10,000 rounds of ammunition. So these are like fully automatic weapons that they used in World War One. So it was literally like Imagine an actual army with machine guns versus yeah. 20,000 emus. Imagine a frostbitten ground. Soldiers looking over at one another saying, the How smell long of you been napalm here? in the morning. The smell of napalm permeating their, their clothes, <laughs> the air. And they say, Feather soaked in napalm <laughs> and molasses. <laughs> okay, sorry, keep going. Um, so, at first, all these emus were concentrated in, in the farmlands, but there was like a week long rain, similar to the rain we're having today. Very similar. Uh, which caused the emus to like spread and like scatter over a wider area across Australia. 
So this just made it harder for the army and militia to like round up all these emus to exterminate. Round up? Round up? Ever heard of it? I heard that um, <laughs> ZBT this year is going to have a live uh, emu fight at uh, Roundup. Where's your wristband, bro? <laughs> 30 bucks. Doors. Doors dude, if you don't have your feed already bought, bro, then you're not going to get to feed the emus, dude. Okay, so, so the, first, tickets. the first major battle of the emu battle. Is this Iwo Jima? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, otherwise, Real better Iwo. known as Iwo Jima. <laughs> so on November 2nd, the men traveled to Campion, which... Seems champion hoodies are made. Yeah. Yep. True. In where some 50 emus were sighted. The, the birds were out of range of the guns, and the local settlers attempted to herd the emus into an ambush. But the birds split into small groups and ran so that they were different. They split. How did the birds split? Because they're smart. <laughs> yes. So, like, like they split into two. Like, I had that. That guy switched So these, like, decorated military officials were not able to kill these emus, like, no matter how hard they tried. And, like, even with these large machine guns, they could not kill these emus. And so, by the 8th of November, uh, six days later, six days after the first engagement, 25, or 2,500 rounds of ammunition had been fired, and only about 20 emus had been killed. No way. <laughs> That's so bad. That's <laughs> so bad at fighting emus. <laughs> and they're big targets, too. So... These, like, military officials decided that, or they were starting to realize that these emus had, like, started Armor. to order, <laughs> they started to order, like, these guerrilla fighting tactics. Stop. To where they would, like, they would split into, like, innumerable small units that made, like, these <laughs> military offenses, like, not effective at all. <laughs> Wait, let me find the, let me find the quote. Tell, tell the quote. Yo, we were in a coffee shop earlier today, and when Trevor said this quote, I lost it. Wait, let me... Because I imagine, like, I imagine, like, this, this, like, battleground with, like, emu generals, like, (laughs) mounted on horses, like, barking off commands at their emu (laughs) foot soldiers. Did you find it? Okay, okay, here we go. So this is, uh, who's this? Oh, this is a quote from the general leading the offensive, (laughs) the emu offensive. By the fourth day of the campaign, army observers noted that each pack seems to have its own leader now. A big, black, plumed bird which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry out their work of destruction and warns them of our approach. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, and so one at one stage of the battle, the army dudes decide to mount a, one of the machine guns onto the back of a truck. Smart. Which seems really effective in theory. Mm-hmm. But to their surprise, the emus not only protect, <laughs> but they attack. No, the emus never actually attack them. They just like finesse them right, throughout yeah. this whole war. And so they mounted the gun on top of the truck, and of course, this also did not work. Mm-hmm. the The truck apparently emus are really fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can no. totally see that. Yeah, the you truck. The new Ferrari emu. Yeah. <laughs> The truck couldn't even catch the emus, and when it did, it, the ride was so bumpy that the gun just, like, they couldn't, couldn't even... Couldn't aim it. Yeah. And so, also, they described the emus as 
like literal tanks. Like <laughs> they would take like seven shots of That's like this insane. Lewis gun and like keep running at the same speed. That's so, so insane. Let me find this quote. Hopefully this isn't too graphic for the listeners, but No, it's okay. Our listeners uh, are only sixty eight year old emu veterans. This is <laughs> this is another quote from a frustrated major. Is that like liberal arts majors? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. <laughs> the emu's feathers were so thick that the barrage didn't even penetrate their skin. No way. Which I don't believe that's that. That's insane. But they're just a, that dude was just a bad shot and he was so, trying to make up for it. This is a quote from a soldier. Uh, There's only one way to kill an emu. Shoot him through the back of the head when his mouth is closed or through the front of his mouth when his mouth is open. That's how hard it is. Oh my god. And so... That was graphic. <laughs> yeah, it was graphic. Um... The emu war proved ultimately unsuccessful, and the emus triumphed, some say. But no, so, like, the army just basically gave up after, like, two different offensives. And um, so finally they just gave farmers, like, the ability to kill an emu and turn it in for a bounty. Mm. And that kind of, like, made it the problem. <laughs> but it's crazy to me, because if the army couldn't beat the emus, yeah, yeah. how are these poor fa- I guess well, the, also farmers the farmers were in yeah, the army. They were yeah, veterans yeah, yeah. from yeah. World War One, But yeah. still, they didn't have, like, automatic machine Lewis guns, guns in Australia. Yeah. yeah. But I also found it interesting, um, I did a little research on this emu war, that uh, rabbits were, I guess, the first real annoying predator that Australians faced, because this one... British general who was like in charge of overseeing Trevor can see I'm doing this all off the dome I don't have notes I just like kind of remember this story <clears throat> so fact check me fans this army general brought over like eight or nine rabbits because he loved hunting back in in England and he didn't kill two of them and then just those two rabbits repopulated literally the entire continent of Australia that's crazy yeah no way yeah yeah, they escaped. The and Adam and Eve of rabbits. They, literally the Adam and Eve of... There, there might have been more than two, but like a very small number repopulated all of Australia. Because rabbits have so much vigorous sexual intercourse. Relatable. Trevor and I would know. <laughs> <laughs> About Maybe rabbits. Not. Yes. Um, you a picture and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. David, go. Um, luscious. Trevor. Fun. <laughs> that was a good one. It's a picture of Hunter, Hunter Lewis, Lewis of the Ian Herrick Conley. and the Hooli. Someone's calling me from Frisco, Texas. We have a caller. <laughs> caller, you are on the line. Hi, this is Jessica calling to inform Hello, you caller. Your final hey there, Jessica. Okay, let's try. Okay, so Jessica's trying to forgive my student loans, so we might have to give her a <laughs> shot on the air. Here, let's let's hear what Jessica has to say. And Jessica, you're on. All right, yeah, heard Mike. It's wait, fun similar story. I spoke with Iris Apfel yesterday on the phone. Uh, do, do you know who that is? This on? She's like a fashionista. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> this like fashion designer. Um, I, not really a designer. She's kind of like a curator, and she puts together these like really weird ensembles. 
And yesterday, Bryn and Bryn's mom and I were watching that, like, HSN network that old women watch where it's like, here's an owl bracelet, and it's only $700 if you call, <laughs> call now. Me. Call now. We we only have three left. If you call oh, this. Becky, I just checked the bag. <laughs> I think we're out. We're, oh, we might just. Oh, yeah, we're out Ooh, of we them. We got to call it. We, oh, uh. The caller. Listen, you owl man. I swear, I just love how well it fits with all of my suede shirts. <laughs> but yeah, so there was one of those. But this really like famous designer who had her first show in the Met, and it was like one of the most popular Met shows ever for fashion. Um, and she's just like this really interesting old Jewish lady named Iris Apfel. And, um, yeah, I, like, jokingly called in the line, and I was, like, put me on with Iris. And they forwarded me to, like, the waiting line, and I just, like, was watching the show. And then it was, like, hello, caller number blank, you're on. And I was, like, yo, what's good, Iris? Love you. I go to UT Austin. I know you help out some of the UT kids when we come to New York for NS or NY, uh, FW or whatever the program here is called. Um, and she was, like, oh, hello, uh... I'm Iris. Uh, please buy my things. And I was like, "All right, well." Have but you a were good on one. live television. I was on live. I could hear myself back on the TV. You know, like it was that time when SpongeBob is on that commercial and he sits up all night, and he's that cereal box. For Wait, when SpongeBob's on TV? I don't remember that episode. Big man. We got a lot done on today's on today's show. We got like essentially four stories. Fake no, man. five because Hassan had two. Son, are you feeling tired today, my guy? Fake fit. Are these exams getting you sleepy deepy? Your hair looks good. Should I get it dyed again? Yeah, I would. I mean, I won't, but you should. <laughs> you think I should? Wait, David's new um, hair look is going to be a shaved head with yeah. a full beard. Yeah. I'm going to grab the beard and then I'm going to buzz or it buzz, down. Or buzz, buzz head, not shaved. Yeah, I don't think I could pull off shaved. Yeah. I think one shorter sorry this is so boring for the people listening but i think one shorter than what i had last time so like a two and a half because i had a three i honestly might do that today i just Dude, want to shout out colby bab i think he's listening right now colby bab yeah he snapchatted me shouts out colby I shave everything off i don't want you to i'll do it i don't know i don't because if it comes out bad i'll be resentful towards you we don't need that i can give you a, i can definitely give you a buzz though easy very easily. I have to think on it. I already did it like a month ago, but I'm kind of enjoying having hair. What do the cool. listeners think? Colby Bab, if you want to call in, the number is actually on the website. I was calling black in no time. Also, we're selling it nice. the way you are. Thank you. Thank you, Iris. So Yes, Iris, thank you. Trevor and I had Trevor and I had really good BBQ earlier today at Black's. Where's that? On the Guadalupe. It's like a little bit south of here. It's, it's called the Guadalupe. Yeah, oh, have you ever really? heard of the Guadalupe Street? There's also this new restaurant that opened up on the Guadalupe. The Cantina? It's called, uh, what is it, David? Like, Cur- Starts with a K. <sighs> I forget. They have How really good, like, you? breakfast Kirby food. There it is. Kirby Laney? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kirby Laney. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to play this song by Herrick and Hooley. It doesn't have a explicit tag, but, but knowing Ian, he might curse, so I might have to hit the O-S-H-I-T button. So let's just listen to it.
Shouts out Luke Jr., shouts out Ian Oni, shouts out Tara Pachke, shouts out. That's it. No one else. So shouts out to this new year of not letting people waste my time, you know? Too many people been wasting my time 2017. Uh, Yeah. We was kids together. And, um, you know, it feels really good to just cut those kind of people out of your life who just aren't serious about you. Is this a Yu-Gi-Oh card? Uh, No, I think it's a... um, Oh, is it Magic the Gathering? Yeah, it's Magic. Talk about your life, David. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Like an X-Acto knife. Stuart and I have been talking about that all semester. About what, me? And Drew, too. Just cutting <gasps> people out. We have a caller. Hello, this is David Solomon. You're listening to the radio. <laughs> Sitting to the radio. Who is it? Is it Colby Bab? Oh, my God, it's Colby! <laughs> What's up, Colby? Um, let's put you on the air if we can. Shouts out, Colby! Shouts out, Colby! Okay, wait. Um, here, put it on <clears throat> speaker. Give us a sec. Um, Colby, I must remind you that there is no cursing allowed on the air. Uh, because Due to FCC regulations, if I was in charge, there would be cursing on the air. But, um, here. Get up! Wait, Colby. Wait. But can I have the headset? Oh, no. I hung up on Colby. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, tell him to call back. Tell him to call back on my number. Okay. Uh, that's 469 <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can just... guess the last four. Ah, ah, ah. Wait, we're going to have one last caller. For those of you who didn't hear, I got a 78 on my last fashion exam because I literally did not study for a second. Um... But I still have a 96 in the class, so I'm so good. How good? I'm so good. See, get degrees. That's what my dad always told me. Shouts out, Chad Patchkey. Shouts out, Chad. He li- he actually listens to the show. Okay, we have someone, a caller from Georgetown, Texas. Let's hear him. 
Okay, Colby, sorry, I by accident hung up on you because I don't know how this show works, but how are you doing? I, I just caught in uh, on the emu story. Wasn't it great? What, what were your thoughts? It really was. You know, I've, I've actually looked up that war before, and uh, it's pretty crazy, honestly, because not many people know about it. It's so unknown. That's why I really liked this show today is because, like, I feel like we talked about – you missed at the beginning there was, like, a Hassan – two Hassan stories where, like, these weird operations the U.S. Army did and then my molasses flood. Like, no one knows about any of this. Yeah, dude, that's, that's what makes it kind of, you know, unique about this station. I, I like it. Colby, what do you think – why do you think the liberal media is hiding this from us, the general population? People. What, what was that? <laughs> Why do you think the liberal media is hiding this from the general population? Dude, that's a good question. It's it's just mainstream media these days. Where they're just all fake news, like Trump I said. I think they're afraid of us knowing this, the pure strength of emus. They know that once we unlock their full potential, governments will fall, um, treatises will be broken. No way. Yeah. Dude, imagine if every Dude, U.S. No soldier... Way. media knows all that? Yeah. What were you saying, Colby? Imagine if every U.S. soldier had an emu to ride. Like, that would be insane. <laughs> They're invulnerable, like, tanks. Like, tanks. They're <laughs> tanks that go over, like, 30 miles per hour. Like, yeah. And you can mad. ride them. Or, well, you can ride ostriches. I don't know if you can ride emus. That's... Emus are smaller. You can ride anything you fit a saddle on. That what is true. <laughs> Something ducks walk on? <laughs> okay, Colby, before you go, I have a question for you. What's that? So... Small has extra small in regards to clothing. Not this again. So extra small is smaller than small. Extra large is larger than large. What would extra <laughs> medium be? Uh, Tanner told me about this. <laughs> uh, Give an answer. I was really stuck. Like it's hard. I'm I mean, a philosophy minor, I, so I have the answer. But with what JT said, I mean, he said maybe it's the most perfect medium you could ever get. Yeah, I think that's the best answer. Really? It's like a really I mean, fitted medium. Yeah, like, what, what else can you answer that, you know? No, it would be smaller. Hassan's smaller. answer is smaller, but... Hassan says smaller. I think it's larger. Personally, I think it's larger. I, like, personally, I want a larger. I, I would want a larger, middle, too. So it's, it's like extra large, middle. Yeah, it's, it's extra middle, confirmed. All right, uh, one last question. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? horses? Or rather, a hundred duck-sized emus? Uh, you can cancel out the emu question right there. Yeah, because that's essentially right. ducks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would fight the hundred duck-sized horses. You yeah. Kick them Fair enough. I think that's the right answer because like they're kind of scary, like all those little munchkins running at you. But like then again, what are what's a little horse gonna do? Like you know, it's literally yeah, like think about the horse-sized duck, dude. Like whenever they peck you, even at their normal size, like it doesn't feel good. So. Yeah. If they're a horse the size, they'll probably take... That's a monster. Head. That's a monster. It's literally a monster. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> number two. Okay, well, Colby, thanks for calling in to yes, the show. Yes, thank you, Colby. Um, you're hey, a great guest. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all take care. Bye, okay. Colby. Bye, 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 Colby.